The human energy system is incredibly complex and it contains things that you may have heard of like the chakras or the aura, but it also contains things that you may have never heard of before, but that are still essential for you to live a fulfilling life. In this video, you're going to learn the top five crucial parts of your energy system and how to work with and develop them. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the heart alchemist here to help you open your heart, heal your past and live with purpose. Those beautiful images that you saw in the intro to this video are from the Azores islands in Portugal, where I do my yearly retreats. Those retreats for the 2021 season are going to be opening up very soon on October 13th. So if you want to join me for 2021 for one of two retreats, I'm only doing two retreats next year. If you want to join me in paradise, you're going to see links to the retreat page pop up here on screen or in the description box below. Make sure you join that email list because I'm only launching those retreats to that email list. So if you want to join me in paradise, be on that list. On to the first part of the video, the human energy system. <laughs> so before I get into the five crucial parts of your energy system, I wanted to give you a general overview in images so you can really visually see how complex the human energy system is. <laughs> there are so many things going on in your energy system uh, from your chakras. Uh, there are seven main, but there then there are more chakras also. So you've got your chakras, you've got your organs, Aura, the electromagnetic field around your body. You've got meridian points everywhere and, and you've got much, much more. This is, this is just kind of a general overview of what your energy system looks like from an image perspective. Okay. So I wanted to leave you with that, with these beautiful images of your energy system and of the various things going on in your energy system before we start to break it apart and pick out these five crucial parts, some of which you may have never heard of. Now into part number two, the five crucial parts of your energy system. Now, before I start, um, I start talking about those five crucial parts. I want to leave a little side note, a little ding, ding side note here. Um, before I get into that list. And the side note is I, I want you to realize that I am sharing these five crucial parts not because they are more important than the rest of the constituents of your, of your electromagnetic and your energy system. Okay. So I'm not sharing this list as saying these parts are more important than the rest of your energy system. I'm sharing these five crucial parts as a way to show you, um, some parts of your energy system that may affect your life more heavily than others. Okay. And some parts of your energy system that are really not talked about a lot. Okay. So that was the goal of me shooting this video. It wasn't to say that these five parts are more important than the others. Okay. So I wanted to leave that side note here before I start with the list. The first crucial part of your energy system that I want to talk about is the first chakra. <laughs> and the reason that I'm putting the first chakra here as the first one is because this is, it's probably one of the most ignored or poo poo chakras, uh, parts of your energy system out there, especially within spirituality circles. Okay. So the first chakra or the root chakra 
is basically the first of the seven main energy centers in your body, all right? The chakras have been talked about in multiple cultures around the world, um, especially with a special concentration coming from Hinduism, but chakras have also been described in older civilizations like Incans and Mayans. Uh, so a lot of shamanic cultures around the world have talked about them also, okay? And so the chakras are just the main energy centers in your body. The first chakra is the root of the entire system. It sits down below um, around your coccyx area. That's where the first chakra is. And the reason that this chakra has been kind of poo-pooed is because everybody in spirituality basically wants to be up here. <laughs> everybody wants to be up here. I want to develop my third eye so I can develop my psychic powers or, or siddhis as uh, is described in Hindu tradition. Or they want to develop their crown chakra so they can have transcendental meditation and come out of their bodies and all of this. Okay, so spirituality has had a really heavy dominance on the upper chakras and on development developing those and the lower chakras have been poo-pooed. <laughs> but that has led to a lot of problems because what happens is when you ignore this first chakra, these lower chakras, especially this first one, a lot of issues and a lot of imbalances in your system occurs, okay? And a very famous example of this is when you hear stories of gurus or religious leaders that behave in immoral ways, okay? So as the years, especially in recent years, we've had uh, a lot of gurus and religious leaders finally coming to justice for crimes ranging from um, sexual misconduct or other crimes, okay? And this is precisely why, because they have their upper chakras all well-developed, that's why they're gurus, they have all these chakras, these upper chakras well-developed, but they never developed or balanced the lower chakras or healed the lower chakras, and that's why their behavior turned immoral, okay? So immorality is a sign of an imbalanced root chakra, and you can see examples of that pretty much everywhere in spiritual. The root chakra is the foundation of the entire chakra system. It's the first one to be developed and from that foundation all the other chakras develop. Okay, so if there's an issue with this first chakra, it means that all of the other ones will then start to develop on top of a faulty foundation, okay? So that's kind of a general overview of the first chakra. Here are some other key features of the first chakra that you may not know about. One of them is, this is your chakra of safety and survival, okay? So this chakra is responsible for giving you a sense of safety, um, of groundedness, feeling grounded. That's also another characteristic of this chakra. Feeling grounded, feeling safe, and feeling secure in my world, all right? So that's the main function of, um, of the first chakra, is this, uh, this feeling of, of being safe, um, and of being nurtured and grounded. Another characteristic of this chakra is that it is the first to come online in the whole system. And this chakra is actually working inside of your mother's womb, okay? So it's the first chakra to come online and it develops when you're still a fetus in your mom's womb, okay? And so this part about the this first chakra sometimes isn't really recognized in people because what happens is I've worked with a lot of clients 
who actually have wounding and trauma in their first chakra that comes from when the, their mother was pregnant with them. All right. So I've worked with many, many clients where the, the mother was having problems during pregnancy. So she either didn't want the baby or she was in a tumultuous relationship with the father of the child. A lot of things were going out around in her world and that energy was being programmed in the first chakra of the baby. So when the baby was born, the person already had first chakra trauma that was coming from the womb. Okay. So I've done quite a bit of womb healing with clients over the years. Uh, for them to go fully ground that first chakra because the wounding was coming before they were born. Not only is the first chakra the one that is the first one to come online in your whole system when you're in your mama's stomach still, but it's also, it's also the chakra that predominates your consciousness in the early years of childhood. So this, this conscious, this consciousness of the first chakra is what you're in, in the first years of your life, usually around up until around seven, eight, sometimes even nine years. Okay. So start thinking about that. If you've had any trauma or any painful things happen from your mom's womb to until you're about nine, this first chakra can be wounded from those early childhood experiences. Another characteristic of the first chakra is that it's considered the tribal chakra. Okay. So this is the chakra that contains all programming related to any group that you belong to. Okay. So, uh, the beliefs and in your, of your family, uh, the beliefs of your community, uh, your gender of birth, your country of birth, basically every group that you belong to the, the information for that group is contained in the first chakra. It's called the tribal chakra. And that's where all of the programming pertaining to any group that you belong to is implanted. And one last characteristic of this first chakra is something that's not talked about as much, but it's very crucial in your development and healing. The first chakra is also where a lot of past life karma is housed. Okay. So your soul programs into this first chakra things from past lives that it wants resolved in this one. Okay. So the first chakra acts kind of as a repository of old karma that you come into in this lifetime to clear up, especially karma having to do with childhood issues that you've had in past lives. Because again, this first chakra is the predominant chakra in your early childhood. Okay. So if you've had past trauma, in a past life that was never resolved, your soul may have decided to implant that karma in your first chakra so that you can heal it in this lifetime. Now that we know a bit about this first chakra, let's go into how to work with it. Okay. So how do you work with this first chakra now that you know a lot more about it? Um, there are a lot of different techniques that you can use. The primary techniques for working with the first chakra are very embodied techniques because your first chakra is the most connected to your body. Okay. It's the densest of all chakras and it's the one that's most connected to your body. All right. So you can do a lot of activities that are body related and that'll help ground and heal the first chakra. 
So some of the techniques that I love to work with when it comes to grounding is uh, dancing or marching, pounding your feet on the ground, uh, jumping, just, just really very embodied activities, very embodied grounding activities. Earthing is another one that I love using and that's taking your shoes off and your socks and just going and walking on the bare earth, on dirt, on grass, okay? It's called earthing and it's also very, very grounding on this first chakra, all right? So, so these are a couple of, of grounding activities. Anytime that you can ground, you're working on the first chakra. Another technique that works well is deep breathing, okay? So remember again, the first chakra is the one that is most connected to the body. So when you're doing deep breathing, deep breathing is a wonderful way to bring you out of your mind and into your body. And when you do that, you're in first chakra consciousness. Okay, so you can look up deep breathing routines, put some earphones on and just listen to those meditations, those breathing, guided breathing meditations. Uh, you can look up something like a diaphragmatic breathing or a Wim Hof method. I like his breathing techniques also or um, other deep breathing techniques. You can just look them up on YouTube and, and try them and see how you, how you work with them. The deep breathing exercises are also wonderful, wonderful for bringing you out of your mind and into the body, which is exactly where that first chakra is. The third practice that I love for the first chakra is slow movements. <laughs> So I use things like, you know, have you ever seen a person do Tai Chi or Qigong? Um, and those are practices, body movement practices that are extremely slow. So if you ever see anyone doing a, a Tai Chi routine, you'll notice they move extremely slow and mindful, all right? The slower you move your body, the more you come out of your mind and into your body, okay? The more present you are with your body, okay? So these slow movement routines like Tai Chi or Qigong are wonderful, wonderful for you to connect with this first chakra, ground it and heal it. Another practice is clearing meditations. <laughs> so I love to use clearing meditations and activations uh, when working with the first chakra. Um, if you, it, you can look up on YouTube different first chakra grounding meditations, or I have a video, uh, I did a guided meditation on um, how to heal and ground the first chakra. So if you wanna use my meditations, I'm gonna leave a link to the page, to the meditations page in the description box below so you can do that meditation when you're finished with this video. And the last technique that I love using to connect with the first chakra is nature. <laughs> All right, so the first chakra, again, is the one that's most embodied, most connected to the body, and your body is intimately connected to nature. So put on some hiking shoes, go outside, go hiking, be amongst trees, especially trees. Trees are a very, very, um, important working symbol for the first chakra, all right? So trees, if you can be in forests, if you can go hiking in forests, that's a wonderful way to ground this first chakra. But being in nature in general, it's just when you're working on the first chakra, the more you can connect with trees, the better, okay? And if you can't do this during the week because you're working and you can't go hiking in the middle of nowhere, you can still take lunch breaks and just go around the block, walk to a park, go sit in a park in a park bench, buy a tree somewhere, you can find trees everywhere. So even if you're super busy working in a city, you can still take time 
to connect with nature, especially with trees when you're doing first chakra work. If you wanna go deeper on the first chakra, I shot a video, it's on the inner child, and this video goes deeply into the first chakra. The first chakra is the home of the inner child, okay? So if you wanna go deeper into techniques uh, for the first chakra and how to develop it, I'm gonna leave links to that video in the description box below so you can watch it after this one. The second crucial part of your energy system is the third chakra, or the, otherwise known as the solar plexus, all right? So this chakra, the reason that I'm bringing this one up here is that this energy center is the center of your personal will and power, okay? This is the center of your personal will and power. It's located right here, right under the heart chakra, um, right under your sternum. This is your center for personal power. This is a crucial, crucial chakra, especially when it comes to healing and fulfilling your life mission, okay? Because you can't heal unless you are in your power. <laughs> I, I talk about this uh, with clients all the time because people sometimes don't realize how their own will and power is crucial in the healing of trauma or in the overcoming of any life challenges, okay? If you're not in your power, you're not going to heal. No matter how many healers or coaches or gurus you go to, if you go to a healer and say, please heal me, it's never gonna work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. A good healer can temporarily make you feel a little bit better, but if you're not in your power, the healing will never be complete because in order for you to heal, the crucial ingredient is that you heal from within. You use your power to heal and change your life, all right? so. That's why I'm talking about this chakra here. It's another kind of poo-poo chakra a little bit, but this chakra is crucial for pretty much everything in your life because without personal power, you've got nothing. Okay, now here are some additional features of this third chakra that you may not have been aware of. The first one is that this is your center of self or the center of the ego. Um, sometimes we think that the ego is up here in the mind, and it is, but the ego, the mind aspect of ego develops from the third chakra, okay? So the third chakra generally develops around your pre-adolescent years, and this is the chakra of where your self is located and where your sense of self develops, okay? A sense of self separate from the world. You see how different this is from the first chakra? The first chakra is the tribal chakra. It's It doesn't really have a sense of me. It's just tribe, community, family, group, okay? When you get to the development of the third chakra, now it's all about individuality, ding, ding. <laughs> it's all about individuality, the third chakra, is where you establish a sense of identity, hence the ego, because that's all the ego is. It's, it's the mechanism that's responsible for your sense of self and identity. So when you get to the third chakra, you start to develop a sense of self separate from the world, okay? So you are now an individual separate from the world. So that's one, one, one other feature of the third chakra. Another characteristic is uh, the third chakra is your center of self-esteem and self-confidence, okay? So your belief or lack thereof in your abilities to live life, to do things, to be successful, to just, to just just do life. <laughs> your, your belief in your abilities to do life, 
that self-confidence and self-esteem that's located in this in this third chakra because again this is the chakra of individuality of the self and so this self-esteem self-confidence is located also there and one last characteristic that I wanted to bring up that's very important is that this chakra is also where you develop a sense of boundaries. <laughs> this is a problem for so many people, so I wanted to talk about it here. Boundaries, it basically means that you know the way that you want to be treated or not. You know the way that you deserve to be treated or not. You know how to say no. No is a complete sentence, okay? And that happens a lot because of this third chakra, all right? The third chakra, because it's the center of individuality, it's the center that, that constructs a you separate from the world, it's also that same center that's going to say what's acceptable to you and what's not acceptable to you, okay? So this chakra, if it's not well-developed and in its power, a lot of times one of the symptoms of a third chakra weakness is that people have really bad, poor boundaries. They allow themselves to be treated poorly by others. They stay in toxic relationships where they're treated horribly by their partners. Uh, they have friendships, friends that don't treat them right, or family members that don't treat them well, you see? These things going on, if, if these things are going on in your life, you have a weak third chakra because when this chakra is in its power, again, no is a complete sentence and that's coming from that, from that beautiful chakra, being able to say, drawing the, sand, the line in the sand and saying, you're not stepping over that line because I won't allow it. This is the way I wanna be treated. This is the way I deserve to be treated. I deserve to be treated well and I know it and I'm going to impose those rules and those boundaries, okay? That is coming from the strength of the third chakra. So how to work with the solar plexus or the third chakra? Um, the third chakra is very different from other centers in, in your chakra system, all right? Because the third chakra operates more like a muscle, okay? I see it like a muscle, meaning that this chakra, in order to be developed, you need to expose it to the outside world, okay? So much like if you wanted to strengthen your body, you do squats and you lift weights and you do all that thing, all those things because in order to strengthen your muscles, you have to expose them, you have to challenge them beyond their capacity and that's how you build strength. It's the same thing with the third chakra. It needs to be challenged and exposed to the outside world in order to strengthen itself, okay? So the third chakra isn't a chakra that you can develop uh, sitting in meditation going, Om, I'm powerful, Om, I'm powerful. <laughs> it won't really work that way because again, this is a muscle and a muscle needs to be used in order to strengthen, all right? So, so the third chakra is very different from other chakras in this respect in that it's more physical in nature, okay? It needs to be exercised. Now, I, I use a technique with clients that I call the in and out technique, um, and I shot, the, I shot a video uh, for sensitive people, but you can watch it even if you're not sensitive or empath, and I go deep into this third chakra and how to use this in and out technique, all right? So if you wanna go deep on how to actually train this third chakra, chakra, I'm going to leave links in the description box below so you can watch that video after this one. The third crucial part of your energy system is the Earth Star Chakra. <laughs> okay, this one you may have not have heard of before. 
Um, the Earth Star is, it's, it's a chakra also, but it's not part of the regular or most famous seven chakra system, okay? So if you've heard of the seven main chakras, the Earth Star is not a part of it. The Earth Star is part of an expanded system of 12, 12 chakras. And this earth star is a crucial component also of your energy system, but it's a little bit different from the other chakras in the sense that it's located much further away from your body. So about a foot below your feet actually anchored into the earth. Okay. So this is also a grounding uh, chakra, much like the root chakra. But the difference here is that this grounding, the earth star is all about grounding into mother earth, into the planet herself. Okay. So that's the particularity of this chakra. All right. So the earth star is all about how you can ground yourself into mother earth herself and feel like you're home on the planet. Here are some additional features of the Earth Star. One of them is the connection to Earth, which we already talked about a little bit here. Okay, so this chakra is responsible for your connection to the Earth. Now, when we were nomads, before we had houses and suburbs and cities and all of that, the Earth Star chakra was actually a really, it was really developed in us because we were in constant connection with nature. The more you're connected to nature, the more grounded that Earth Star is, okay? It gives you a sense of belonging belonging to the earth of being a part of the ecosystem that surrounds you. All right. So when we were nomads living in tribes, our, our earth star was actually quite developed because we were in constant connection with nature and with the earth. Okay. And so, so this, this grounded, when this chakra is grounded and active and, and just beautifully strong, you feel like you belong to this planet. You feel like you belong to nature. You just feel at one with nature. Okay. So that's, that's one characteristic. Another characteristic that's super important about this earth chakra is that uh, a healing. Okay. So healing is a component of this earth star, but it's a little bit of a different healing than what we're used to. All right. So the earth star basically functions as a two way highway. Okay. So where energy goes down into the earth and energy comes up and it comes up through the earth. Okay. So the coming up, basically what the earth chakra does is it, it connects you to what's known as the earth crystalline grid. Okay. The earth crystalline grid is basically the aura of the planet. <laughs> so like we have auras and like we have electromagnetic fields. So does the planet. She's a sentient being. So she has an aura too. It's called the earth crystalline grid. And the, our earth star chakra is what plugs into that earth crystalline grid. When we plug into this earth crystalline grid, the energy of the grid can come up through the earth star and into our feet and up into our body. And it can help us heal from any challenge and from any problem that we have in our lives. Okay. So that's one way that, that, uh, that the healing energy goes, but it also goes from you down. So remember when you decided to come here onto earth, you have a beautiful soul contract with this beautiful planet. She helps you and you help her. All right. And this is, this is one way in which you help her through the earth chakra. What you can actually do as a powerful spiritual being is you can help clean up actual uh, places on earth where the energy is extremely dense. All right. You can actually through your earth chakra, send your light down into the earth to help heal the land. Okay. And there are a ton of common examples of this. I can give you an example of things that I had to work on because I live in Portugal and my heritage is Portuguese. 
I did a lot of land healing where I was working with and healing any karma left over from Portugal's participation in um, colonization. Okay, so Portugal was an ancient colonial power, participated in the slave trade, conquered various countries around the world, and so there was a lot of karma involved in that, and so that karma was retained in the land that's called Portugal. And so through my Earth Star, I worked on cleansing that karma and, and freeing the land of, of that problematic energy that was left over from past deeds, okay? And depending on where you live, there's going to be different things that you can do to help clear the energy of the crystalline grid in which you're plugged into. All right. So you see how this is a beautiful two way road here where the planet's crystalline grid helps you and you help heal the land also. So how to work with the, uh, with the earth star, uh, a lot of the same techniques that you would use with the first chakra. Okay. So, so one of the first ways to work with this earth star, uh, chakra is to do grounding activities. Okay. So all of the grounding activities that you use to, to uh, balance and heal your first chakra, you can use to balance and heal the earth star. Okay. So, so the grounding techniques work for both chakras. All right. But there are some additional things that you could do for the earth chakra. One of them is ceremony. <laughs> I love using ceremony to work with the, with the earth star chakra. And basically ceremony can be anything as elaborate as having an entire ceremony where you're dancing around a fire outside, um, or it could be something as simple as just lighting a candle in your house or maybe outdoors. If you could do that, that would be best if you can have your feet on the ground on the bare earth, but you can just light a candle. You can call on your angels and your guides. You can ask for the earth crystalline grid to connect with you. And when you do that, you're already working on this, on this earth chakra and, and kind of incentivizing that earth chakra to open and strengthen. All right. So through ceremony, I love using ceremony for a lot of things in my life, but for this earth star chakra activation, it works really well to, to strengthen and, and ground the energy between you and the earth. And a last practice that I like using for the earth star is actual activations or guided meditations, but in the form of activations, these are energy meditations. Okay. Um, activations work really, really well in activating and summoning the earth crystalline grid and getting your earth, uh, earth star chakra to, to connect to the crystalline grid. Okay. So, um, if you, you can look up, uh, earth star meditations on YouTube, if you want to, or you can do my activation. I did an earth star, um, chakra activation. Uh, you'll, you'll see the link to my meditation page in the description box below. So you can work with that activation after you finish watching the video. The fourth crucial part of your energy system is what's called the emotional body. <laughs> okay. Now the emotional body, you may have not heard of this one before, depending on how much you know about the aura, uh, because the emotional body is one of the layers of the aura, which is the electromagnetic field that surrounds your body. Okay. There are multiple layers in your aura. Uh, some say seven, some say there, there's just too many theories out there about how many layers there are in the aura, but I'm going to talk about one of them. That's the emotional body. This is the one that's the most crucial in my work with clients. And it seems to be the one that affects people the most. Okay. So the emotion, you, all you have to remember is that the emotional body is one of the many layers of your aura. And here's the particularity about the emotional body. That's crucial for people's lives. The emotional body is basically where all emotion is produced initially in the form of energy. 
Okay. So all emotional content is produced first in this emotional body. And then it trickles the energy of the emotional body trickles down into your body, which then turns it into the actual biochemical substances that we call emotions. Okay. So this emotional body is basically gives rise to all emotion and emotions are one of the most powerful things that can affect our lives. Okay. And here's another little particularity about the emotional body, uh, that, that I have found in working with clients, the emotional body is deeply connected to your heart chakra. <laughs> it's deeply connected to your heart, including through an actual energy cord that I perceive as like, it looks like an umbilical cord when, when I perceive it in clients. Okay. It looks like an umbilical cord, uh, but it's an energy cord that goes straight from the heart to the emotional body and back. All right. And the reason that this, this could seem like a quirk, but it's not because this is crucial, crucial in a person's life. And especially in their healing, healing from challenges or healing from trauma. Okay. This cord, this umbilical cord between the heart and the emotional body, it's normally circulating really well, no problems, except when I have trauma happen to me, or when I have really painful things happen to me, especially if I'm an empath or sensitive, so if I'm an empath or a sensitive and something really painful happens in my life, or I, or I go through trauma, what, what happens is in many, many circumstances, the person will shut down their heart because the emotions coming in are so intense and they don't know how to deal with them. So very frequently what'll happen is the person will shut down their heart center. And when they do that, they temporarily cut off the umbilical cord between the heart center and the emotional body. And what ends up happening there is the person survives because they're not feeling the emotions anymore. Cause they just cut off the umbilical cord that connects the emotional body to the heart. So they feel a general sense of numbness and they're able to kind of move on with their lives. But this turns into a problem later on because you cannot destroy energy. All right. We, we, this is an energy alchemy rule. You can't destroy energy. You can only transform it. So when the person shuts their heart down and they say to themselves, Oh, I feel a little bit better. Let's go. Let's move on. I'm feeling numb. I'm not feeling any of those problematic emotions. Let's move on. When they do that, the, um, the energy of the emotion doesn't disappear. It just stays stuck in the emotional body and keeps circulating around your aura until that connection to the heart is reestablished and the umbilical cord is reestablished. Okay. So what ends up happening is when people decide that they need to heal and that it's time for them to heal, one of the most intense phases of the healing journey that I found with clients is when we start to open the heart and the umbilical cord gets connected to the emotional body. And suddenly all of the emotional content that was stuck in that, in that emotional body starts flooding into the heart. And sometimes, you know, I tell clients, this is a time in their lives when they have to be very patient because all you have to do is you just have to allow that process to move so that the energy can circulate from the emotional body into the heart and into your body for processing. Okay. But this is why the emotional body is absolutely crucial. And if you don't know, if you don't know about this whole connection with the emotional body and the heart, your healing would be very, very difficult if not impossible. Okay. Because this is a crucial step in the healing process is the feeling of emotions and the establishment of a good connection between the emotional body and your heart chakra.
Now on to how to work with the emotional body, right? There are two main ways to work with this emotional body. We've talked about it a little bit already. One of them is to open your heart. Okay. So that's an easy one, right? Like if for whatever reason you have shut down your heart, you've blocked your heart because maybe you went through a horrible divorce or a horrible breakup, or maybe you had a significant loss in your life, or maybe it was childhood trauma. For whatever reason, if you blocked your heart in a certain point of your life, you now have to open it. You must open this beautiful heart because you're never going to live a joyful and fulfilling life with a closed heart. It's, it's one of the most powerful energy centers in your whole body. Okay. So, so the first, the first uh, trick here is to open your heart and you can just do that by pure intention. Just saying to the universe, I'm ready. I open my heart. It's my intention to open my heart and you work with the heart that way. Okay. Um, so that's one way. Another way in working with this emotional body is to feel your emotions, feel, 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 don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Many times we, we kind of get stuck in trauma or in unprocessed emotions because we're afraid of feeling them. And, and this is especially true for empaths and sensitive souls very frequently are afraid of feeling their own emotions because they don't know what to do with that intensity. All right. But you know what? It's time for you to, to, to stand up in your big girl and big boy shoes and come into emotional maturity. An emotionally mature person isn't afraid of feeling anything, no matter how intense the emotion is. Okay. That's the telltale sign of an emotionally mature person is the ability and the, the surrender to their emotions and to whatever they're feeling. All right. So feel your emotions. Nobody dies from feeling their emotions as as uncomfortable as they may be. Sometimes you're not going to die, feel your emotions, allow them to circulate. When you do that, you allow the emotional body to clear all of the energy that was there that may have been stuck sometimes for years if you had unprocessed trauma. Okay. So there's another trick on working with this emotional body. The fifth crucial part of your energy system and a favorite to talk about. I don't talk about it. I don't think I've ever talked about it in my videos before, but I'm going to do it today and I'll probably do it more in the future. Uh, the fifth uh, crucial part of your energy system is what's called the Merkaba or the Merkaba. Okay. So the Merkaba is, it's an incredible part of your energy system that not a lot of people outside of spirituality circles know about. So if you're new to spirituality, if you've just awakened and you just found my videos, maybe, um, you probably don't know what a Merkaba is. And that's what I'm going to explain here in this part. So the Merkaba is basically a light body that surrounds your whole body, including your aura. So it's even outside of the aura. Okay. It's bigger than the aura. So it basically encases your whole being. All right. And the Merkaba is consistent of basically two tetrahedrons. And they're, they're stacked on top of each other. The points of the tetrahedrons are ones pointing up and ones pointing down and it's spinning at an incredibly fast rate. Okay. So that's, that's what the Merkaba looks like. Now, even though these are two tetrahedrons on top of each other, when they're spinning, sometimes when a medium or psychic who can see auras and who can see energy, sometimes to them, when they're looking at a Merkaba, it just looks like an egg <laughs> because it's spinning so fast. All right. So they can't 
even see the whole triangle tetrahedron uh, formation of it, all right? So, so that's generally what the Merkaba is. The, the word Merkaba comes from ancient Judaism. So this is from the mystic traditions of Judaism. And the rough translation of Merkaba means ride or chariot, okay? And you're gonna find out how appropriate uh, the, this term Merkaba is in a little bit, but the word chariot or ride, it's very pertinent in why it was named this. I think of the Merkaba kind of as an auxiliary engine, okay? So uh, an auxiliary engine will, it'll kick in when a car reaches a certain speed and then that extra engine comes on and it gives that extra boost, okay? And that's how I see the Merkaba. The Merkaba basically comes online or activates more the more you awaken and the more your light quotient increases. I've used this word, this term before, but in case you don't know what it is, let me repeat what the light quotient is. The light quotient is just your ability, the percentage of light that you can house in your vessel, okay? The higher your light quotient, the more your Merkaba is gonna activate because the Merkaba generally activates in people who are more awakened and have higher levels of consciousness. Now. Having a higher level of consciousness or being more awake doesn't mean you're better than someone else, okay? So I wanna leave that side note here. It has nothing to do with value, right? A person who's awake is no more valuable than, the, than a person who's asleep. But the Merkaba, the use of the Merkaba is very important for people as they're awakening and they're ascending um, their levels of consciousness because that Merkaba then is going to activate and really be important in your life in those circumstances. Because this Merkaba vibrates at such a high frequency, if your light quotient is low, if you're asleep, you really have no need to that of that Merkaba because it won't be able to communicate with you because there'll be too much of a difference in energy if you're asleep and your light quotient is really is really low the Merkaba's uh, uh, vibration really high is not going to be in resonance so there'll be no communication all right so the Merkaba becomes more important the more you go on your spiritual path and the higher your levels of consciousness and light quotient here are some additional features of the Merkaba. The first one that I wanna talk about is related to the translation of the word Merkaba, okay? So remember I said it was ride or chariot, and so that is really relevant in this first characteristic of the Merkaba, and that is that it's a transporter, okay? So the Merkaba, when it's fully activated, when it's dormant, when you're asleep and it's dormant, there's no, I mean, it's not really doing anything, it's dormant. But when the Merkaba activates, it, it works as a transporter, meaning that that fully activated Merkaba can take you to higher and higher levels of consciousness. So you'll hear of people working with their Merkaba where they sit down in meditation, they go into trance meditation very quickly, they access levels of information that are, that are not possible from just a human perspective, okay? So that's where the chariot comes in. It's a transporter taking you into higher levels of consciousness than you were ever, ever able to work with before. The second feature is that it's a toolbox also. <laughs> so the Merkaba contains, encoded within it, 
a lot of your soul gifts and talents and a lot of information, a lot of tools that you can use in this lifetime. All right. So the Merkaba is kind of, you can think of the Merkaba like those tool belts that, that construction workers use. They put the tool belt on and then they put their hammer and their screwdrivers and all of that. That's exactly what the Merkaba can be. It's your soul's, uh, uh, it's your soul's kind of depository, your soul's toolbox that the soul travels from lifetime to lifetime, containing a bunch of different information, tools, and talents for you to use in this specific lifetime. Another characteristic of the Merkaba is its healing capabilities. Okay. So the Merkaba vibrates at such a high, high vibration, and it is so intensely vibrating in the light that it can help you heal from significant challenges, even physical disease and physical issues. Okay. So when you work with that Merkaba, it can start to pour into your lower self. It could start to pour in more light codes and more light, thereby helping you heal both emotionally, physically, psychologically. It can help you heal on a variety of fronts simply because of the intensity of the light that this, that this, uh, Merkaba vibrates at. The fourth and last characteristic is protection. So the Merkaba, remember a little while ago, I was saying that the Merkaba speed, uh, it rotates so quickly. Okay. It rotates at incredible speeds. And what that does is as that Merkaba is rotating at incredibly fast speeds, it creates centrifugal forces. Okay. So centrifugal forces, sorry. So when it creates those centrifugal forces, when you put something in a centrifuge, basically what happens is the centrifuge pushes things out. Okay. And so when you have that Merkaba spinning quickly, what it does is it almost works like a wall. Okay. It, it, things bounce off of it because it's spinning so quickly. All right. And so that offers protection for the person who has um, an activated Merkaba, meaning that energies that are not resonating with that Merkaba will just spit off. They'll just bounce right off of the Merkaba. Okay. And so the more your Merkaba is activated, the more protection it's natural protection. You're not, you don't even have to do anything. You're just, it's just your Merkaba is so activated and vibrating so quickly that it just starts to bounce off any energy that it doesn't resonate with. Okay. So this is a really cool feature of an activated Merkaba. Okay. So now how to work with the Merkaba. <laughs> okay. So the first way to work with the Merkaba you're already doing, because if you're watching my videos, um, you're probably going through a spiritual awakening. So you, you're already, you're already there. And that is the first tip is to wake up. Okay. So remember I was saying a little while ago, your Merkaba stays dormant if you're asleep or unconscious. Okay. Because the person has no need for the Merkaba if they're in lower states of consciousness. All right. And so one of the first ingredients to get that Merkaba activated is you wake up and as you wake up, the Merkaba starts to wake up also. Okay. So, so, but you're already there. So we don't need to go too deep into that because you're clearly awake. Otherwise you wouldn't resonate with my videos or with anything that I have to teach. All right. So that's the first one. The second tip is to do what's known as shadow work. <laughs> now shadow work, the shadow is simply, uh, I'm going to give the definition of it because sometimes people get freaked out when I say shadow, um, because they think it's evil or bad spirit or something like that. But shadow simply means that it's all parts of us. The shadow is any part of you that you do not acknowledge, see, or accept in yourself. 
Okay. That's why it's called the shadow because it's kept in the dark. You don't want to look at it. Okay. So that's what the shadow is. Shadow work is incredibly important in the development of your Merkaba because the more that I do shadow work, it means that I'm going to start seeing and accepting and acknowledging all parts of me. The more that I do that, my shadow decreases in size because there's no part of me that I'm unwilling to see. And so it's like, it would be like walking into a mansion and I start turning on the lights on all the rooms, in all the rooms. The more I turn on lights in a big mansion, it's gonna turn in from being this really dark, big building to a really lit up building, okay? And it's simply because I'm turning on the lights, all right? And it's the same thing for you. The more you turn on the lights of your inner self, the more you accept and see all parts of you, even the parts of you that you don't like or that you have judged, the more that you do that, guess what's gonna happen to your energy? <laughs> it's going to increase in vibration. The smaller my shadow, the higher my light quotient, ding, ding. The smaller the shadow, the bigger, the higher the light quotient, all right? And we already know from what I talked about earlier, the higher my light quotient, the more my Merkaba will go online and start working uh, at an accelerated rate, okay? So when you start to do your shadow work, your light, your internal light increases, and as your internal light increases, you connect more to your Merkaba, okay? I'm not gonna go too deep on how actually to do shadow work because I've done a video on that. So if you wanna go deep on doing shadow work to increase your light quotient and, and get connected to your Merkaba, I'll leave a link to my shadow work video in the description box below so you could watch after this one. The third tip on how to work with the Merkaba is through meditation, visualization meditation. And you can do this visualization meditation yourself, just sitting, closing your eyes, and visualizing the Merkaba spinning around you. You can do it just as simple as, simple as that, or you can go deeper looking up some, some uh, Merkaba uh, meditations on YouTube. I haven't done a Merkaba activation yet, but I, I, may, I may in the future, okay? So um, look up meditations that are specifically for the Merkaba. And here's a pro tip, ding, ding. <laughs> Let me leave a pro tip here. When you're doing your Merkaba meditations, connect with Archangel Metatron, okay? Archangel Metatron is very, very intimately connected to the Merkaba, and he can help you develop your Merkaba, do any kind of healing work through the Merkaba. Metatron is very connected to Merkabas, so if you want to activate your Merkaba and start working with it more, call on Archangel Metatron, that's exactly what he does. He's a beautiful, beautiful ascended master call on Archangel Metatron, and that'll really accelerate your work with your Merkaba. Now over to you, beautiful soul. Let me know in the comments below which part, which of the five parts of the energy system will you start working with first? Let me know in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my channel or head over to my website where you can join the retreat email list and maybe you can come to one of my retreats in 2021. And don't forget these videos that I mentioned in this one. Check out these videos, they're next on your watch list. All right, beautiful soul, I love you. I'm out.